Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. The Point is a new development that's coming to the old prison site in Draper. Plans were released just a couple hours ago, and they show everything from bike trails to concert venues to jobs will be just a 15-minute walk away. Uh, But what's the next step in the process? The Point Executive Director Alan Matheson joins us now to break it all down. Alan, thanks for jumping on with us today. Happy to be here, Boyd. Thanks. Well, wonderful. So uh, we, we have some visuals now. We have a, a little framework in terms of uh, what is happening here. Uh, give us give us an update. Where are we in this project? Well, this is kind of an exciting day, a key milestone in our efforts to develop this point. And uh, we've released the framework master plan for the site. We call it a framework plan because it does outline clear direction for us going forward and helps us reflect what we've heard from the public, but it's, it's flexible. And we know that there will be changes and improvements over time. But over the last seven months or so, we've listened to over 10,000 Utahns who clearly have a stake in this site. We've had expert analysis looking at the economics and the market, and we've had creative planners working together to try to develop a vision that reflects what we've heard from the public, what we've heard from the legislature, and that ultimately I think will create a place that we can all be proud of. Yeah. Uh, so often on these big kinds of, of projects like this, uh, sometimes you end up with a, a really big vision that's impossible to execute. Sometimes you end up with really small thinking uh, that just has to be redone over and over uh, and is very expensive. Uh, occasionally, you know, you'll, you'll get a few of those pieces in the right place. One of the things that I've been most impressed about with the point is you really had a, a set of governing principles in terms of what it is you're trying to do as you develop this site. Uh, can you walk us through some of those in terms of transportation and open space, sustainability? To me, it seems like you've really planted some flags uh, on some principles to guide, as you said, what is a flexible framework. Absolutely. And really the guiding principle has been that this is not just about roads and buildings and, you know, the typical uh, community development elements, but it's about people. We've been driven by this goal of improving life for the people in the state. And so we've got a number of key vision elements that have come from our working group members and members of the public. One is uh, a sense of community place where people can gather and enjoy being together, Uh, concerts, uh, the parks, trails, open space. One is sustainability. 
We want this to be a place that's a model of sustainability, that uses less water, that contributes less to air pollution, that um, really uses less energy, et cetera. Transportation is a big thing. And so we've created at this site what we're calling a one-car community, where the car is not king. It's a place where people can access the site through uh, top-notch transit, where they can get around the site through circulators. There will be some on-demand transportation systems. So easy to get around the site without a vehicle. Yeah. And then there are other things, looking at smart cities, looking at uh, economic development and innovation, a place where we generate new ideas and new companies that help solve problems in our area and create jobs that are uh, incomparable around the world. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we are uh, really pleased to have on with us the executive director, Alan Matheson, of The Point, uh, the project, of course, being developed at the old uh, Draper prison site. And, uh, Alan, you, you just mentioned this, uh, you know, the focus on uh, on bike and walking and all that is part of the plan. And I know other uh, cities have have attempted different uh, variations uh, of this to reduce cars. And are we seeing that really play out or are we are we just too addicted to having the freedom to just jump in the car and go a different direction? Uh, how's that challenge going to be addressed in this site? You know, we love our cars and uh, understand that people want them and the conv- they bring convenience. But we're building this site not just for today, but for the future. And we see certain trends that uh, there's less interest in reliance on single vehicles. They're just becoming more expensive and there are other more convenient options. So as we think ahead, we are trying to build a community that people can get around easily. We've created these uh, little uh, green pathways throughout the site that allow people to access any point on the site by walking or riding a bike without getting on a road. So we think it'll be a pleasant way to get around. We think we provide a range of options and, of course, let people make the choices that make sense for them. But the, the more convenient we make the alternatives, the more uh, cost competitive we make the alternatives the more they'll be used and that creates other benefits for us uh, i wanted to ask you uh, we know uh, there's uh, housing pressures in the state of utah as uh, housing prices continue to go up uh, as you look at the development of the site uh, is there a, a balance point there will people of lower income be able to afford a place at the point what's the what's the use in the mix uh, as it relates to the housing component it's, it really is a big issue, and I think we're all feeling it, and uh, certainly as a state entity, we've wanted to advance state goals, and our board has said that uh, housing affordability is one of those goals. Now, we're not going to solve the whole problem on a 600-acre site, but we want this to be a community that's welcoming to all, so all those who work on the site, from entry-level jobs to support jobs to uh, executive positions have opportunities to live in the area. So uh, that that kind of housing balance, creating an authentic uh, community is going to be important to us. Oh, very good. And then a uh, final question for you, Alan. Uh, as you look at the, the approval process, uh, what comes next? Uh, when do you expect the, the project to be approved? And uh, what should we be watching for in the uh, the weeks and months ahead? 
now that we have the framework plan, we've kind of got marching orders going forward, and we're going to continue to refine that plan by doing further detailed studies on microtransit and smart city technologies and sustainability and more. And then we'll be reaching out to the development community, trying to find partners that are experienced, know how to create uh, the kind of community we want. But really importantly, we want uh, development partners that care about this site and this state as much as we do. So we'll be uh, going through a rigorous uh, process to select those partners. I think that the, the inmates from the correctional facility will be moved in about a year. That'll give us a chance to start demolition of the site, any remediation. Uh, we expect uh, backbone infrastructure to go in shortly after that and and then uh, realize this important vision for the state. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, so grateful to have uh, Alan Matheson again, executive director of The Point. Uh, the Point is the, the new development that's coming at the old prison site there in Draper, uh, they released just hours ago uh, a plan, a framework plan that uh, shows everything from the bike trails uh, uh, to where housing and work and concert venues and so on. Uh, it's really an exciting, really once-in-a-generation uh, opportunity for development in a really unique location here in the state of Utah. Alan, appreciate your leadership on this project, the framing of it, the way you've laid it out in terms of some core principles, a uh, good example of the Utah model Uh, working in a really specific application. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you. And I'd just say if anyone wants to see the plan, they could go to our website, thepointutah.org, and uh, dive in to the extent they want. All right, wonderful. Thepointutah.org. We'll put that on our social media channels today as well. And we're going to go ahead and step aside for Top of the Hour News. Again, from once-in-a-generation development site in Utah, uh, to a possible one there for uh, once-in-a-generation infrastructure that we've just heard from President Biden. So the question is, what's next for the bipartisan bill that passed the Senate today, and what does it mean for Utah for your own pocketbook? We'll have the answers on hour number two coming up on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.